Hi, this is Jim. And this is Max. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Hello, Flyers fans. Welcome to the next episode of Checking Out the Competition. This time we will be chatting with C. Morley of Fear the Fin, which is the SB Nation Sharks blog. I almost said Sharks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that I didn't do that. Um, so yeah, ahead of the Sharks game, the big home opener. Um, yeah, we're going to have a little chat about what to expect. Um, yeah, so we'll just get right into it. So... Cool. One, of the things, one of the things that I've been asking people since obviously we're still at the very early stages of the season. So there's not a whole lot to talk about as far as, you know, production and game stuff. But I've been asking, like, you know, what's the biggest offseason move that's really going to affect <laughs> I'm like, ah, I think we all know what that one is for you guys. So uh, what's it like to have Eric Carlson on your team? Yeah, right. Like. First of all, it's very weird because no one ever talks about the Sharks. Like, it doesn't matter what they're doing if they're doing something really good. No one's ever talking about the Sharks, but this is, like, the first time that, like, everyone is talking about the Sharks. So that's, like, crazy. (laughs) That's been very weird to have all that kind of attention on San Jose. Um, But, yeah, Eric Carlson, man. It's just, like, like, you know he's good, but we only played the Senators two times a year. Right. So... You know, Sharks fans, we only saw him twice a year. We didn't know just how good he is. Like, it is unreal. Uh, Yeah, and at the same time, you see people criticizing him. Because I think, I tweeted this yesterday. I think sometimes people think that to feel like they they know they have to show that they know about something they they have to criticize and eric carlson's already getting some criticism in san jose and i'm like dude he's like the best defenseman in the league right now i don't know what you're talking about yeah he's amazing (laughs) those where it's like well actually eric carlson isn't good at defense at all and it's like oh yeah (laughs) what like yeah every play he makes i'm watching and i'm just like yep you do you do everything you need to do right now you're great think part of the reason why people try to make that argument is because he makes everything that he does look so effortless yeah (laughs) just like in the right spot all the time and he just does something small to like break up a play like a poke check or just like get in between two guys without really making a big show of it it's just like he's so good that he doesn't look like he's good at it because he doesn't really have to try yeah it's it's really remarkable yeah and like if everything he does is so quietly perfect like Mm -hmm. when he does make a a mistake it will stand out I think and that's that's something that's easy to pick up on but if you've got someone who's doing everything right 99.9 percent of the time I don't even care to hear any criticism of when he's not doing something right like I just don't (laughs) yeah he's he's the best defenseman in hockey and now he's on your team and that's got to be pretty cool for you guys yeah i mean the only person who uh scoring wise can even compete with him is brent burns who's already on our blue line <laughs> like over the last 10 years they're the two top scoring defensemen and we have them both <laughs> yeah so apart from that you know little tiny off-season move is there anything else that happened over the summer that you think is going to impact the sharks a lot um, the biggest thing is really a, addition by subtraction. And 
that's not to say that everyone we lost in the Carlson trade is entirely worthless. Chris Tierney is actually a very good 4C, uh, an okay 3C. I think the Senators have him as their 2C, which is just wild to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, we have a, like just so many defensemen. There's just so many. It's ridiculous. So unloading to Mello was kind of important. Plus it gets him more playing time. You know, he was kind of a six seventy. So, uh, so getting, uh, that out of the way was good. Then the biggest thing was like the Mike Hoffman trade unloaded Mikel Bodker, which was, we didn't think that, that people or, uh, that, uh, Doug Wilson would ever do that. Like <laughs> it just never seemed like we'd been saying for the last year that that was one of the worst forwards that we had. And, He's gone now. So that's that's really good. Um, and then who else did they? Oh, Paul Martin. They bought out Paul Martin's contract. And again, that's another crowded D situation. And he's older. They let Joel Ward and Eric Fair go into free agency. Again, two older players. So they're letting this team get younger. And that's really, really important. But, uh, you know, the other thing is that a lot of those players were, were just eating up ice time. And, and they, you know they weren't as fast that's another big thing too is that you can tell this team this is like the fastest they've ever played hockey because <laughs> yeah. really the only two slow players now are are on the top line that's going to be joe thornton and joe pavelski and they kind of purposefully slow the game down mm-hmm. so so they made a lot of moves toward getting this team to be younger and faster and more skilled and that's been happening over the last couple of years especially the more skilled part they've they've really moved toward that so so yeah that's addition by subtraction is the best thing that that they did this year So the Sharks have always been one of my favorite teams in the West, um, just because I'm absolutely obsessed with Joe Thornton. I love love him like as a hockey player and also as a human being, like, you know, he's so great. (laughs) The kind of person who would grow that beard and like sign his contract on a tractor. Like I'm (laughs) that kind of hockey player. Um, So I'm always rooting for the Sharks to come out of the West and they always seem to be in the mix, but they never really get all the way there. And do you, I'm wondering if you think that the addition of Eric Carlson and the subtraction of all of that dead weight is going to be the thing that finally pushes them over the edge. I think so. I think that I, you know, I've made this comparison several times, but when the Sharks made that cup run and they traded for James Reimer, that felt huge. That was like, that's it. That's the piece that we need. Then that, that like it's done. <laughs> it's happening. Like that is the only thing that that's going to, um, that's going to hold us back was the the uh, backup goaltender situation that year. So is Eric Carlson exactly what the Sharks need this year? Not necessarily because they really needed some, someone at forward. That's why they pursued John Tavares so heavily. It was because the Sharks don't have a true top line center right now. And because it's, it's Joe Thornton, who at this point is not taking most of that responsibility. Anyway, it's falling a lot on the second line, who is a very good second line but also still not a top line. <laughs> so so he's not exactly what they needed. However, he, the impact he's had on creating offense is just insane already. Like it is, I think what happened with the, the first game against the Ducks or the Sharks is that they were doing everything right and they hit this goaltender that was just like, nope. <laughs> and so, so like at first I wasn't sure because again, like a defenseman, not exactly what we need, but you know, top defenseman in the league will take him. <laughs> yeah. But, but 
just seeing it in action and seeing how that changes the offensive structure of this team and and the, like that combined with with how the west it looks right now I, I i think so i think yeah. if they're not in the conference final they did something way wrong <laughs> well, apart from like winnipeg and nashville there aren't really any teams in the West, I think, that are absolute locks to be. No, and especially the Pacific Division yeah. is really weak this year. Like, yeah. I think we're already, I mean, I know it's really early to say this, but Vegas has not looked good in their first couple games. Mm-hmm. And um, and then really, like, we struggled when Kyle and I on our podcast, when we tried to do our predictions for the Pacific Division, we struggled to come up with who's even going to be three because after, like, Vegas and San Jose who is even competitive you know from even just from last year really at that point the Ducks were swept in round one and uh and so was the Kings the Kings were swept in round one like that's just it's the the Pacific Division is wide open and and you know if they can't get to the conference final like I said I I don't they'll they'll have done something really wrong or they're really injured because that also tends to happen (laughs) You guys should just put Brent Burns as your one C. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was actually a talk of that with Carlson and then them drafting Ryan Merkley that Brent Burns will be a forward again in two years. <laughs> <laughs> He'd probably make a great one C, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so we know all of the big names that you guys have. Um, and then also we know about kind of like the middle tier guys like Hurdle that are super fun to watch. Um, but who would you say is like an under the radar player that Flyers fans should keep an eye on in this game? Kevin LeBanc. Okay. That's an easy one. I think, uh, the, the youth in the, the team right now is really Kevin LeBanc and, uh, Timo Meyer, who I don't even know if he's one that people necessarily talk about yet, but they should be. He is so, so good. But Kevin LeBanc is having just, he had such a good preseason and and it's carried over into the season really well. I think he's pretty young. I think this is his last year was his first full season. He got sent down to the AHL for like just a couple of games, like two games or something, and then immediately got called back up and they did it because he was kind of in a slump and it brought him back. And, and he, he's just so good. <laughs> like he's very quietly good, but uh, he's on the third line, I think right now. Okay. And, and he's going to do some damage, especially on the power play. He's insane on the power play. So young player, very good, kind of hitting his stride. And then Timo Meyer's been on the top line with the Joes and just tearing it up. So, so yeah, those I think are the two. If we see Rourke Chartier come in, which I don't know, he's the 13th C right now, but our forward, um, but he's a fourth line center kind of swapping out with Barclay Gaudreau, I think is the plan. If you see him, he also had a wicked preseason, so he might be someone to look out for. That is an absolutely amazing hockey name. <laughs> Rourke Chartier. <laughs> yeah, that is a fantastic hockey name, so I will be keeping an eye on him. Um, now I just want to I just want to get to a really serious hockey question. Oh, um, yes. Joe Thornton's beard. Oh. Are you as bummed out about it as I am? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... I just need to talk about this because it is so, it is the most Joe Thornton circumstance to me. So he threw, or Brent Burns threw a party at his house. (laughs) And there was this really cool shark cake. I don't know if you've seen the pictures, but it is really cool. It has like all these pictures of them that they then ate. (laughs) 
pictures of their faces. Uh, and then at some point, I guess it was suggested. And what Joe Thornton describes this party as is them having some fellowship, which I think is just like the most Joe Thornton way to describe a scenario where he let every single one of his teammates shave off a chunk of his beard. <laughs> I can only assume that afterwards they did some kind of like ritual burning where like they weird <laughs> to the hockey gods and it's going to like bring the sharks luck or something. <laughs> yeah, we saw a picture of it on a plate that Joe Pavelski took this picture of it on a plate and there's like beer in the background. <laughs> it was all the hair on a plate and that's the last we saw of it. So like who knows where that is. Last year when uh Kadri ripped out a chunk of his beard, they kept it in a baggie with a little like note tape to it that said for the boys. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, how like how can you not like this team? Like, I know there's so much fun. <laughs> okay, okay, back back to actual hockey questions. Um, which flyers? Which flyers? Which flyer would you say that you're most looking forward to seeing in this game? So I actually kind of fielded this question to my my guys because. Oh. I, I didn't want to just say the same thing I said last year, which is Ghost. I, yeah. I just love watching Ghost and Nolan Patrick as well. And honestly, when I asked them, that's what, I, what everyone else said was <laughs> Nolan Patrick and Ghost. And then uh, Provorov, that's the other one. And uh, JVR also came up a couple times. That they Uh-oh. want to see how JVR fits, but he got hurt. So <laughs> We still don't know how bad that is. And uh, Nolan Patrick's been off to a bit of a slow start. Flyers fans two games in are already starting to complain about him, which is just oh no, very Flyers. Um, that kind of, it kind of like a broader question I think would be like since we only play you guys twice a year and there's not a ton of interaction between our fan bases, is there like an overall attitude towards the Flyers that people have? You think? So it's interesting, and this is another one that I kind of fielded to all my writers is that mm-hmm. like. One of them, he, my graphic designer, he actually said that the Flyers were the first hockey team he ever loved. Oh. And so, like, I think there's kind of this weird divide. And I feel like this is a lot of teams are, or a lot of fans are kind of like this if they're not fans of the Flyers. Because I, I I have a deep love for the Flyers. So, um, but they're, that's, they're either, like, they loved the Flyers at one time or, like, they, they really like them root for their success or they absolutely hate the Flyers and they still have this kind of impression of them as the Broad Street Bullies because that's something that we talked about when I when I asked this to my guys. Someone had said something about them being kind of, you know, more of a, a physical team that, that cares more about that. And I'm like, ah, uh, no, not, not recently. Have you watched the Flyers at all? <laughs> like, so so that's something that came up. I think they still kind of have that reputation. I know... Last year, the home opener did not make a good impression <laughs> um, that they had some issues with fans. So I know there's a little bit of contention there. But for the most part, I mean, something that kept coming up, too, is that a lot of people have good memories of the Flyers, that there are fun things they did. We talked about, and this is not necessarily a good memory, but it's something that like all of us wanted to talk about was the Flyer Senators line <laughs> because that's like <laughs> one of the things that we as Flyers fans remember like yeah. <laughs> refer back to all the time so it's- yeah <laughs> oh I think about it like <laughs> three times a week <laughs> <laughs> and then uh the the party in the penalty box <laughs> like all of that those are things that like we all remember and think of as being like just 
just hacky, you know? And so, so I think there are good impressions of the Flyers. I think sometimes people get stuck on kind of the Broad Street Bullies thing if they don't pay attention to the Flyers, but people who actually do kind of watch more of the league uh, tend to, to have a better opinion of them. But like I said, a lot of a lot of our our guys did like the Flyers at one point. Um, I know actually the the writer for the Athletic, Kevin Kurz, he's from Philly, and he oh. he was a Flyers fan. He used to cover the Flyers. So cool. So yeah, I think there's a lot of crossover between these two those two teams. Yeah, you wouldn't expect it, but it's pretty cool that there is. Yeah, but they both have really good jerseys. So that's true. I do. I. I lo- the third jersey that you guys are getting this year, I'm obsessed with it. I love it. So I love it. Ours is terrible, so I'm extremely jealous. That. <laughs> um, okay, so the Flyers are coming off a pretty gross loss um, against the Avs. And you guys are – we're recording this um, over the weekend, so you guys are one and one right now as well. But mm-hmm. you're going to be coming off um, – Back, you're going to be playing the second half of a back-to-back because the yes. Sharks are in Brooklyn the night before we play. The um, morning before, really. Or well, like the yeah. afternoon. It's, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It's a early game. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. So um, what would you say your overall prediction for the game is? It'll be interesting. I mean, I think Martin Jones is going to be fresh because they tend to start Aaron Dell against the Islanders because the Islanders are always one that we play, like, in a back-to-back like on one end of it it seems like so um Aaron Dell has played against the Islanders I think every game for the last two years <laughs> so that means that Mar- you'll see Martin Jones in Philly uh and I think last year when they were in Philly it was I think it was Dell just because Jones was hurt or is that when Jones got hurt I don't remember it was around that time though so Having having Martin Jones fresh and ready to go is going to be good. He's kind of been slow to start this season. And that does make me wonder if they'll actually just play him against the Islanders, play him in a back-to-back to yeah. try and get him to get his – shake the let out or whatever's going on. But um, that's going to be rough. <laughs> the goaltending situation is still going to be rough, I think, at that point, even just the four games in. But, um, but the forward group is looking good. Like I said, they – they have a couple extra forward guys up. I think they recalled uh, Dylan Gambrell, so we should be good in case of injury the night before. And they're feeling pretty good after beating LA. I think the, the the first game obviously didn't go the way they want, but they were doing everything right. I mean, they just killed in possession and shooting and everything. Like they just couldn't get past that goaltender. So then LA, it's really I think they're mad that they let it go to overtime. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so yeah, it's if it does go to overtime. By the way, like the Sharks are not losing a game in overtime this year. <laughs> Their three on three is just gonna be yeah. wild because of yeah. Carlson and Burns. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I think I think they're gonna be in a good position on uh, against Philly, even coming off a of back to back. I am zero for two in predictions on these little <laughs> pregame things that I'm doing. So oh, no. in an attempt to keep that going. I'm going to say that the Flyers are going to lose. <laughs> Hopefully I keep my streak going, but to be honest, it, there's a that are, Yeah. So uh, last game, Hackstall decided to sit Radko Gudis in favor of Christian Foline, despite the fact that the Gudis Sandheim pair was pretty much the best D pair in the first game. Um, <clears throat> we're not really sure why he decided to do that, but Foline was absolutely garbage against the avalanche. So, 
We'll yeah. see if Stahl decides to put the better defenseman back in the lineup. I don't know what he's going to do with forwards if JVR is out. Um, yeah, there's a, a lot that this game depends on, I think, coaching decision-wise. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But it's the home opener. Um, so hopefully that gives the Flyers a bit of an extra jump. We'll get to see Gritty. (laughs) Gritty will be there. He's going to play a pretty big part in whatever home opener festivities they're going to be doing. It is really unfortunate that Joe Thornton shaved his beard off because, like, a picture of bearded Joe Thornton and Gritty is, like, the only thing I need in my life. (laughs) I would print it and frame it and put it in my... (laughs) (laughs) Same. Get a big poster of it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. So... Thank you again, C, for doing this with me this morning. Um, yeah, absolutely. C. Morley, who is the editor over at Fear the Fin, the Sharks blog on the SB Nation Network. And you're, I'm, the name of your guys' podcast is escaping me. Uh, Blood, Sweat, and Teal. Blood, we just got new and artwork and everything. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, if you are into the Sharks, check out their podcast on the SB Nation Podcast Network. Uh, yeah. Let's go Flyers. <laughs> go Sharks. Hello. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.